Hello and welcome to Talking to Leaders, the podcast where we extend the conversation around female entrepreneurship beyond the challenges and instead focus on positivity and the actions we can each take to drive change. Hi, I'm Elliot Cowan, a corporate partner at CMS. In today's episode, I am talking to Ricky Rosalind, founder and CEO of Borrow My Doggy, about how the global pandemic impacted their community, the importance of pivoting and the renewed focus on mental health and well-being in the workplace. Thank you for joining us today, Ricky. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, just in terms of kicking off, um, please can you tell us a little bit about Borrow My Doggy and how you founded the company? Of course. Um, so what happened was I bought a very cute brown Labrador called Eston, and this is back in 2012. And we spent the entire day together. And I just remember thinking, why are people spending so much money on dog walkers or kennels or leaving their dog home alone when I would love to take care of a dog for free. And I thought by me borrowing a dog, you know, I would get happy dog time. Owners would get help with taking care of their dogs. And dogs would really be the biggest winners because they would get more love and attention and walks. And then on the back of that, I told one of my friends about the concept. And he said to me that before I started my corporate job, I should probably test the concept because 60 to 70% of startup companies go bust in three to four years. And I think it's around 90% in 10 years. So your probability of making it as a founder is really quite slim. And so he recommended I did a startup weekend to test the concept. And what happened was we built a landing page in a couple of hours, put up posters in north of London around Hampstead Heath. And then all of a sudden we had 85 people signed up in the space of three days. And it was literally everything from, you know, like an old man in Cornwall who just had an operation needing help with taking care of his dog for long walks. There was lots of students and young professionals missing their, their dogs at home. And then there was a family who, um, who had a daughter and she was begging for a dog, but she was still scared of them. So the family didn't want to get a dog to maybe have to give it up. And when I read that, I just started crying, thinking, oh, my God, not another little girl without a dog. We must help her. So um, because I always wanted a dog growing up. So it was really based on just me trying to make lots of dogs and people happy. That's great. Thanks, Ricky. And how is the what, what's the size of, of the platform just now? How many members are there and, and how many dogs are there uh, available um, to be placed with 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 um, respective borrowers? So we have over 1 million members and we have members in 99% of postcodes um, across the whole country. So we have lots of lovely members, whether they are two and or four legged and in a few cases also three legged. And how have you gone about, obviously, because the platform that you have is, is, is linking the, the borrowers with, with the dog owners. How have you gone about building that that community to create that marketplace for want of a better phrase? So to begin with, um, when I had the idea and we had some initial members, I would go to everyone's house. I would kind of meet them, understand why they had signed up to borrow my doggy. I would make friends with them and then I would just manually match them. And then little by little, especially when we had thousands of members signed up, then we started to build out the, the kind of platform itself where people could go in and find other members on the platform. So the, the way it works today is people sign up. They create a profile, they write a little bit about themselves or their dog, and then they will message each other and then they meet and greet, just like you do with a dog sitter, babysitter. And then all of our members pay an annual subscription fee. So they pay $44.99 for owners and $12.99 for borrowers. So it's about a pound per month 
for a borrower and, and four pounds a month for, for an owner. And it includes insurance and deadline and um, verification. So it's really come far from when we first started to actually launching the whole platform where people then, you know, would be able to find members themselves on the platform. And in terms of that engagement um, amongst members, it seems to me that given that uh, unlike, say, on a typical um, platform marketplace, it's, it's a relatively unemotional experience. I imagine with your platform, it's quite emotional because people are um, letting a borrower um, spend time with, 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 with their animal, their dog particularly. How, I suppose to, to, to what extent have you found that the, the community engagement has been particularly um, rewarding, I suppose, for its members? Are your members big a part in as opposed to other platforms where it may be less, is more anonymous or less emotional, as it were? Yeah, it's always hard for me to talk about other platforms I'm not as familiar with. But I can say for Bora, my doggy, um, it is as you say, such an emotional connection that happens between an, an owner and a borer. And it's really, you know, based on people getting to know each other well in the neighborhood. The aim isn't for a dog is to be taken care of by somebody they have just met. It's about building friendships in your local communities. And very often what we see is, you know, one family with a kid might end up borrowing a dog from a family across the street who just had a baby. And then they actually end up helping each other with babysitting. Or during the pandemic, we saw a lot of people or have seen a lot of people delivering food for each other or medication for each other or temporarily having the dogs living with with the borrower when the owners had to self-isolate. So it's really lovely to see how we've actually created a very big community of just people who love dogs. And then obviously dogs make people happy. So, you know, there's there's a lot of benefits for, for everyone, both dogs and people along the way. And that's, and, that, and that's great to hear. So what else are you feeling positive about at the moment? Well, I mean, we are still in challenging periods, given we are still in the pandemic. Um, but obviously, um, for us as a company, just seeing how we're getting out of the pandemic, that people are able to meet up again. And, you know, there are so many people who've gotten dogs during the pandemic and they really need um, help with taking care of their dogs. And likewise, there are so many people who are going to work from home who would love to spend some time with a dog. So we have really, you know, just really seen a huge impact of our platform during the pandemic. And then what we have just done is we've started to sell um, memberships to companies because there's a lot of companies that, you know, would love to help their, their employees from a from a physical and obviously mental and um, well-being perspective. And by spending time with the dog, um, people walk at least three times a day. Um, and um, people who um, who spend time with dogs too, it supposedly saves NHS over two billion pounds a year because people suffer from less loneliness, less depression. And so they just, dogs do so much good. So I'm I'm happy that we're coming out of the pandemic and all the opportunities it gives us as a business, but I'm also very happy and excited that we've just launched um, company memberships for companies to be able to buy um, their employees' um, access to borrow my doggy. Yeah, that's really interesting because obviously from, from our perspective as a firm, there's been a huge amount more focus placed on mental health, certainly more in the past, say, five or 10 years and as you identified there's obviously a linkage or there's there's studies that would suggest that animals and dog walking and things like that are because of the side effects of having an animal or the consequence of having an animal is very conducive for one's mental health how how have you found your platform has been able to when say exploit probably the wrong noun the wrong adjective but how have you found the platform has been able to um 
position itself in light of the increased focus on mental health and, and the impact that dog owning has to mental health? As you say, there's already so many studies out there, you know, of how dogs are, are helping people from a mental and physical perspective. And we received so many emails from our community about how dogs were helping people through really difficult periods. And even sometimes it would, you know, it would be, you know, people had illnesses, they really wanted to keep their dog and they needed help with taking care of their dog. And then they found somebody locally that just, they made the other person happy by by helping spend time with a dog. But at the same time, um, they would get, get some help with taking care of the dog. So we've we just, we've seen this all along. So I, I wouldn't say it's any difference during the pandemic. I would just say that we have seen much more of it because all of a sudden it seems there is much more focus um, on an understanding of the fact that actually our pets do the worlds of wonders for us. So, so Ricky, how, how has Borrow My Dog evolved since you started the business? And I suppose one thing I'm particularly interested in knowing um, is in terms of the, the, the new revenue model of approaching corporates. I'm quite keen to know, is that was that started because corporates were approaching you because they wanted to provide another well-being um, uh, tool in their arsenals or for their employees? Or was it actually something that employees were talking to corporates about and asking them to provide something of an equivalent? So what happened was we had the likes of Pet Plan reaching out to us um, who preach um, the mental well-being benefits of spending time with the dog. But they're also realizing that obviously a lot of people can't have their own dog. I mean, one reason is it takes a lot of time to spend time with a dog um, or to own a dog full time. But then it's also very expensive. So somewhere between um, 20 and 30,000 pounds over the lifetime of having a dog. So it started out with companies reaching out to us. And then, you know, during the pandemic, you know, we've seen so many people getting dogs. And we realize a lot of people need help with taking care of their dog once they have to go into the office because not all offices are dog friendly. And even the offices that are dog friendly, it doesn't mean that all dogs actually fit into being an office dog. That's two very different things. So um, and likewise, there's a lot of people who would love to spend some time with with a dog. So I we call them borrowers. And they could then either borrow a dog when they when they work from home. And so we have one of our team members who does that like twice a week she borrow a dog for two hours for lunch break and she takes a dog for a really long walk and it does wonders for her um and then the alternative is obviously there are some people who just want to borrow dogs outside office hours um or even bring a dog into the office so it was really based on companies reaching out to us um, and then us knowing all the benefits we thought maybe this is a great alternative to you know, the the headspace and yoga and all these different um, benefits exist out there of, of in this world because not, I mean, benefits is moving in a direction where, where they're getting more and more personalized, where companies are realizing that you just don't have one benefit that necessarily fits all. So this is, this is an alternative and we've seen a very positive uptake. Thanks, Ricky. Leaders was established uh, by CMS in response to the findings of the Rose Review to support female founders, particularly as they are scaling their business. What networks have you found most useful as you've scaled the business and what role have mentors played as the company has evolved? So we've been very blessed with being parts of lots of different networks. Um, some of the ones we joined early stages was um, CCAP, which is the 
I reckon, the biggest early stage investor in Europe. And they have, I think, over 300 companies in their portfolio and the network and within that organization is incredibly strong and where we all help each other out. Everything from advice over hiring to, you know, product launch issues to what technologies to pick, mix, et cetera. So and then there is the ICE network and founders network, which is a groups of entrepreneurs. One of them also have investors in them and journalists. And again, these are all the networks where people really help advise each other. And, you know, if there's something I really appreciate about the startup world, it is that people are very helpful and people love, as we say, paying it forward, just helping each other and also realizing that the probability of us, each one of us making it is small, but by all of us helping each other, we will be more um, likely each one of us to to also make it. So mentors and networks have played a huge role. part of the Bora My Doggy story and it's and I'm really really just so thankful for everyone we've worked with along the way. Um, Thanks Ricky. As part of the CMS Equip Leaders Initiative we're encouraging everyone to commit to one positive action big or small that will support female founders. What positive action will you take this year to support female founders in tech? I, I don't think it's just a one-year thing. I think it's about on an ongoing basis, just continuing supporting, getting more women into um, tech. Um, so for me, I've been doing lots over the last year. So until recently, I was on the board of an organization called WISE, which is um, aimed to get more women into STEM and from classroom to boardroom, as we said. On top of that, what I do is sometimes I mentor women. I mean, in our network, sometimes we have various different people reach out to me, and I definitely mainly speak with women um, who are early stage founders, and I love helping when I can. And But the biggest thing I actually think I can really do is just make more of my doggy as successful as possible, because I really strongly believe that it's hard to become what you can't see. So if you have successful female founders, I think it's much easier to become one. And I have done a lot of presentation at, at events with women. And I have also had women who've come up to me like two, three years later saying, I saw you making that presentation previously. I thought if you could do it, I could do it. And then subsequently they have started their own companies. So I think it's it's a rolling thing. And it's, you know, there's just so many aspects where female founders need help. Like one of the things for me that makes me quite sad generally is, is when I see the amount of funding that's been raised by female versus kind of male um, founders. So I, I do think that there is there is a lot of scope for you know, diversification of of funding sometimes and just get more more women funded and to just help grow their businesses. And just wrapping up, Ricky, um, on our on our equip program, we've got lots of early stage companies which are at a slightly um, more nascent stage development than Borrow My Doggy. What advice would you give our um, our founders um, as they are embarking on their journey? Nice pun there, embarking. So <laughs> the advice I would give people um, would definitely make sure that you take care of yourself along the journey because it is a hard journey sometimes as a founder. I mean, you go so through so many different learning curves, everything from fundraising to hiring to building out a product to understanding marketing. There's just so much you have to learn along the way. And sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming. So for me, it is 
is really I would advise people to take the time to build out the networks and to get some really good mentors and that you trust and who you can call both when when it's going well but also when it's going you know really challenging and and then what I have done too is is something that really helped me over the last few years was I got a coach um, that I've been working with and whenever I've had hard conversations or challenging periods I've had a coach that helped me mentor me through them and then I'm also part of something called a cube, which is we a group of um, seven different founders that just meet on a monthly basis. And then we just help um, give each other advice on challenging um, issues that each one of us are going through. And it's on a completely um, private uh, or, um, matter. So I think taking care of yourself is one of the best things that you can do, both obviously for you, but also for, for, for the company. Thank you to Ricky from Borrow My Doggy for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about Borrow My Doggy, then you can find out at borrowmydoggy.com. If you want to hear more about CMS's startup program, Equip, or our Female Founders Initiative Leaders, then please go to the startup section of cms.log.